Hi, Lane. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you for asking. First of all, thank you so much for spending the time for coming on the Research Labs podcast. We are very glad to have you. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. This will be fun. This is like my second podcast, so the nerves aren't really here like the first time. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. So on the Research Labs podcast, right, we uh, try to explore ideas which are new for people who are getting started maybe with a new technology or with media. And as we know, right, because of the pandemic, a lot of things are going digital. And I have been wanting to wanting to have a discussion about NFT since a very long time. And I'm really excited to talk to you about NFT finally. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, I think that word or that acronym or whatever, like we, I say that all day long, every day. It's constantly in my ear. Yeah. It's a big part of my life for the last eight months. So, yeah. Hmm. So when you say it's a big part of your life, I think we should start with, you know, how you got started in the NFT space. And if you would like to share us a little bit about your background, like where you come from and how you got started, that will be really convenient to get started. Yeah, I guess. Like I started making art or I started learning how to make art, 3D digital art, December 2019. And then... You know, the pandemic began like 2020. Yeah, like right then. So I don't know. I just um, was making artwork and a friend of mine, his name is Glass Crane in the art community. He um, was doing NFTs, selling his art as an NFT on Super Rare. And I was like, hmm, you know, maybe maybe I could get into this and just see what happens. So, of course, um, Super Rare was not an option at this time for me. But I um, posted or minted my first artwork on Rarible in October 2020. So it sold on November 6th. I'll never forget that date. I guess it was the first one that ever sold. Like $117 yeah. at that time. Ethereum was wow. like $500, so 0.25. Yeah, so pretty crazy. 0.25 ETH. And then I just... uh. 0.25 ETH, yeah, was $117 in November 2020. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, pretty crazy to think about now. But um, yeah, so I just, um, it motivated me and, you know, I just kept making artwork and doing my normal thing and then, um, you know, kept posting artwork on for NFTs, but learning how to make art, 3D art, that whole year of 2020 while working a full-time job. I used to be a uh, wine sales rep for a major distributor here in the United States. And um, I mean, they're pretty much worldwide, the largest. And um, yeah, I just sacrificed my social time to learn how to make art. Yeah. So yeah, it's crazy. But I actually today, I no longer work for someone. I work for myself and I was able to do that by just making art and selling them as NFTs, minting them on the blockchain. You know, back then in November when I first sold one, since yeah. then I have diversified, you know, where I mint my artwork. In February 2021, I did get accepted to Super Rare. And uh, it was uh, probably my most successful month. I mm -hmm. sold four 
four artworks, four NFTs, totaling in, I think it's like 6.7 Ethereum. So at that time, it was about $10,800. <clears throat> so if you consistently, you know, sell your artwork as NFTs and consistently make that, it uh, gives you the opportunity to no longer depend on a corporate company to, hmm. you know, pay your living wages, I guess. Yeah. You know, now I'm a full-time artist and that's what I do. I, I make art and I push myself to make the most profound artwork that I can make and mint them on the blockchain. So on the Ethereum blockchain, I'm on Rarible, CryptoArt.ai, Super Rare Foundation. I think that's about it for the Ethereum blockchain. And now I'm on the Tezos blockchain also. Proof of stake, a little cleaner, doesn't use up any energy, uh, doesn't hurt the environment doesn't you know clean nfts really fun community and the hikiknunk is hikiknunk xyz dot xyz is that platform and that seems to be where the shift is moving right now a lot of the artists and collectors are starting to move that way because of gas prices do you know what a gas price is i i do know the, uh, what a gas price is but i think we have a lot of things to unpack from your yeah. answer yeah <laughs> And I, I, I think this is going to be very interesting. Yeah, it's been crazy. Everything moves so fast in this space. Yep. The question, right? Can you, in your own words, very uh, briefly explain what is an NFT? All right. So NFT, it's a non-fungible token. To me, it is a basically a ledger. So it, it proves authenticity for an artist. From an artist standpoint, I guess, so digital art, any person can go on the internet and right-click and save an image to their phone as their background or on their computer and be like, look, look at my artwork. You know, they can they can claim that it's theirs. You know, anybody can do that. Yeah. But with NFT, you are minting it on the blockchain as the artist. Like, my name is Lane. This is my artwork. It's minted on the blockchain as my artwork. And it's like a ledger, so you can see the history of that artwork. This is, you know, on May 20th, I minted it on the Ethereum blockchain for $2,300. And then you yeah. can see where you came in and bought that artwork and for how much you paid for it. And then you could flip it to buy it, you sell it to someone else. And it'll show the history of that piece forever and ever until none of us exist anymore. But it'll yeah. still be there. And another thing that's cool for artists is, not only having a platform to sell digital artwork, because typically digital artwork doesn't end up in a gallery, you know, or it's really yeah. hard to get into a gallery, you get royalties. So I sell it to you and then you mm -hmm. sell it to Bob. Well, because you sold it to Bob, I get a 10% royalty and that's pretty much the standard in the NFT space. You can also customize the amount of royalties you get as per the platform, right? Or it's standard 10%. Some platforms you are able to change the royalty percentage, but I will tell you right now, from a collector's standpoint, they don't want you to put anything more than 10% because you're technically taking away from their value. Makes sense. 10% is, is perfect enough for you because some of these artworks are, are flipping for, you know, a lot of money. So, yeah. you know, 
you sell it for 5,000 and then Bob sells it for, you know, 500,000, you know, as an artist, you know, you should be thankful for the, that you're even getting a royalty at that point, you know, yeah. it's pretty cool. I personally haven't sold a piece yet on the secondary market. My collectors are pretty much holding on to my pieces and waiting for whatever, whatever to happen. But it's been a journey. But um, yeah, so it's basically like a ledger that mm-hmm. proves authenticity to whatever you're minting on the blockchain. Hmm. So when you say there is already also a secondary market, mm-hmm. that is very interesting to me because up until today, right? We could only see who is my next, who is my customer. I could mm-hmm. never figure out, you know, who is the the second person in the chain who is buying whatever I'm producing as a digital artist. I think that is really revolutionary if you think about it. And I think it blows my mind. Oh yeah, it's crazy. Even even on the new um, platform Hicketnunk, so a lot of these artists are selling their artworks for you know one to ten tezos. A tezos is like I don't know what it is right now because the cryptocurrency world is kind of upside down, but um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not good right now. But um, you know, it was like eight dollars. So you know, if you're selling yeah. something for two tezos, you're looking at sixteen dollars for an artwork, which wow. is not really you know what most of us are selling for with Ethereum. But someone, you know, it's giving other artists an opportunity to buy from their friends that are artists that can't afford their work on the Ethereum blockchain. And then they're able to flip it on the secondary market on Picketnut and oh. for like 200 Tezos. So you're getting the secondary market on Picketnut is crazy. So I it's see. pretty cool. And Picketnut is like a new platform, right? And I think yes. uh, the last time we talked, you explained me why it is getting more and more popular amongst the artists. Could you tell us more about the platform? Yeah, so Hicketnunk, the owners of it are based in Brazil, or they're from Brazil. It's on the Tezos blockchain. So unlike Ethereum, Ethereum is proof of work. So you have miners who are mining those coins. So like every time you make a transaction on the Ethereum blockchain, there's a group of miners that are putting that information on to the blocks, onto the blockchain. So that's why there's a price, because so much energy that they have to use to put it on the blockchain. On Tezos, there's bakers. Technically, they created that term. They're baking the blocks, but um, it's proof of stake. So whoever holds, you know, in Tezos, kind of ultimately makes the decisions for that. The gas price on Tezos is like under a dollar. Wow. When I started on the Ethereum blockchain, gas was mm-hmm. like eighty-seven cents to a dollar, and then I think in like December it went up to seven dollars, and all of us artists lost our minds. We're like. What is this? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not posting this. I'm not paid seven dollars to post this art piece. And then you fast forward to today. I think yesterday yeah. morning, someone told me that gas was eight. It was an ETH to mint to buy oh. something. A collector was paying an ETH to collect something that was worth an ETH. Interesting. So they're like paying eighteen hundred dollars. Like no. Like if you yeah. become a new artist, if you're a new artist in this platform, there's no way you can afford to pay an ETH. To put your art on the blockchain that makes sense so where do you go you go to hicketnunk because i mean you could put take five dollars from coinbase and buy tezos like you know one tezos and you can potentially post like 50 art pieces oh that's affordable as compared to let's say ethereum based platforms yeah very 
I mean, it's like the, the barrier to entry is there's no barrier to entry like Ethereum right now. So that's why Hikiknunk is picking up speed. I mean, hundreds of people a day. The platform itself is a little, it's the aesthetics of the platform is a little weird to get used to, but uh, it's really fun to collect work. And like we use Clubhouse a lot for that. You know, you come into those rooms and you, you still out here. Yeah, I think that's how we got connected. Yeah, yeah, somewhere down the line. Yeah. I really don't remember. <laughs> it's, uh, it's yeah. like I said, time is so crazy in, in this space. Yeah. Everything moves at like light speed. And it's, I think, everyone in the media also, right? They are putting out a lot of stories about all the different NFT artists on a daily basis. So I think it's really catching up the hype. Oh, yeah. And I mean, it's also very new and it feels very revolutionary if you think about it. Yeah. I mean, I've only been an artist for a year and a half, so I don't have like this, you know, 10 year, 20 year backstory. Like most artists, you know, they can tell you that they've had to do, you know, commissions and doing logos and, you know, take the bottom dollar because people are like shortchanging them or, you know, I've heard the stories and, you know, like getting into galleries, there's a lot of gatekeeping going on and, you know, what defines you as an artist being digital or, you know, analog or painting or whatever. And now it gives digital artists a platform so they can sell their work and for the value that they put into it. It's definitely revolutionary. And a lot of us are definitely like pioneers or pillars in this community. It's, it's been a, a crazy journey for me, even it's like, this the community is probably the best thing about this whole space. Got it. Coming from corporate world, the corporate corporate America, it's cutthroat. You know, it, it, anybody will cut your feet out from underneath you to get ahead, and uh, you know to get promoted or you know get that raise or whatever. But in this space, it is not like that. Like, just about every artist in this space will do anything they can to help you get to the next level like even me wow. coming up like I, I was i was i'm still learning i'm forever a student of art i'll probably you know be learning until the day i take my last breath but i can reach out to any artist pretty much and be like hey can you help me with this and they're like absolutely you know like they'll help you out if you need your if you're posting your artworks you know like what you're posting for sale everybody's happy to retweet something or you know like it or give you advice it's we're just we got each other's backs in the great times and in the bad times it's awesome nothing like the corporate world nothing I see. so for an artist who wants to get started with nft tomorrow like what steps do you think they should follow if they're just getting started they have no clue they are just an artist and and they have, they have been producing digital art and posting on their instagram because that's what I see them doing. They will produce an art piece and just post on Instagram for free. So what advice do you have for, for an artist who is putting out their worth just to get likes on Instagram? How they can make the switch to NFT? Um, it's actually a lot easier than most would think. So you would have to get mm -hmm. some kind of wallet like Coinbase. I use Coinbase. I don't know of any of the other ones, really, to be honest. So I'm not going to say their names, but mm -hmm. you would get a Coinbase 
and you know buy some cryptocurrency but it doesn't have to be like a full coin of something you know like most people look at bitcoin and they're like oh i can't afford bitcoin i'm not gonna buy it even if you have yeah. you know even if you bought a hundred dollars worth of it not today because of what's going on but you could buy a hundred dollars and tomorrow it could be 125 dollars. so like even though you can't afford the full coin just put a little bit of money into it if you're going to be minting artwork on the ethereum blockchain then you'd have to buy ethereum if you're wanting to try out hikiknunk uh you would buy xtz which is tezos and once you buy that it really depends on which you're trying to mint on so if you if you want to go the ethereum route uh the best thing to probably do is get a metamask it's a chrome extension on your browser and with metamask i mean it's simple it pops up you log in and um whatever platform you go to it automatically gives you an option to connect and then how you would get your money from coinbase is you would copy and paste the metamask address mm -hmm. and put it into coinbase in the send spot and then you'd send that you know currency to the metamask for okay. tezos you have to get a temple wallet and the mm -hmm. temple wallet is the same thing as metamask it's a chrome extension and you would do that same process you would you know send that money to that address and that's pretty much it and then you go to these platforms and it'll give you the option to you mint your work so you would just click on whatever tab is there to put your artwork out and you find your highest quality image you mm -hmm. put it in there, you put the name, the description, you know, how many editions you want to sell. So if you want to sell like, say, 50 editions, kind of like you would think of prints or something like that, you'd put in those yeah. edition number, put your price and mint. And that's pretty much it. Wow. Then you have to do your own marketing. I mean, you have to advertise your work because the platforms are not going to do it for you. So it, you, it, you're literally independent. But that's good because you know you get the you get your you get your worth from it. Now the platforms typically do take a cut, but most of the platforms they're pretty two point five percent is what most of us look for. There are some platforms that uh, take more, but that you have to do your due diligence and uh, read the terms and conditions on every platform. It is absolutely imperative that you do that because you want to make sure you're you know place placing your hard hard work in a place that's going to take care of you so for someone getting started do you think it is easier if you're already a part of a growing community like twitter or reddit i think i, I don't really um play too much in reddit i don't know if i even should be or not but um if you want to be in the crypto art space and you want to be successful you definitely need to be on twitter Twitter is where all the crypto people, you know, hang out. Um, that's where most of your collectors are. Instagram, not really. I don't, yeah. I mean, I haven't, you know, nothing's ever come from there. It's mostly from Twitter. So all the traction you have gotten till date is from Twitter. Correct. Yes, absolutely. Yep. And, uh, you know, if like if someone like a collector buys your work or um, bids on your work, you, if they have the same username on the platform and they do on Twitter, you can just find them and you can reach out to them um, for the first time. I feel like that's the craziest thing. You can 
um, have relationships with your buyers and well, the buyers have relationships with the artists. I mean, I think about like even being a kid, you know, like you have your favorite, you know, actor or favorite sports player. You can't reach out to them, you know. <laughs> yeah, they're, not, they're virtually inaccessible for the rest of your life. Pretty much, yeah. And with this, it's not like that. So, you know, it's it's pretty insane that you can have those relationships. But it's it's great because it's great feedback. You have someone that loves your work. You can understand what they like. And not necessarily, I don't cater my artwork to any specific person. I just make what I want to make. and that's just the way I roll. But if you see like a, a trend with somebody that really likes certain things, you'd be like, Hey, you know, I'm getting ready to release this artwork. What do you think of it? You know, and it's cool to kind of get that feedback from someone who does purchase artwork because artists, you know, in a, you know, they're going to give you feedback and nitpick you and show you things you did wrong. And, <laughs> you know, but it's fun. It's good learning. And some artists are collectors as well. I'm a collector. I mean, uh, it's addicting, especially when you build these relationships with all your friends that are artists. You know, you want their work also. I've purchased a lot. So it's a close-knit community. You put out work, they buy your work, and you buy their work. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, nice. coming up through the space, like, once I started having success, like, selling artwork over $1,000, yeah, I definitely give back to the community. Like I have a like a little saying, I guess I made up to myself. Treat your community as you would like the community to treat you. Very powerful. If I'm if I'm going to the moon per se, I'm bringing everybody else with me. Like I like having my friends around me. It inspires me to work harder and push the limits, even if it does break my computer. <laughs> but yeah, it's um, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I wouldn't be here if it weren't for half of them. So, um, I definitely like to give back. Yeah. So you just talked about that you produce work that you feel like producing. Do you think you can tell us a little bit about your process? Like, how do you come up with ideas? Are you like playing with multiple ideas at once? Or are you only working on one at a time? Like, how do you go about it? So my artwork is starting to go through a transition at this point. But typically, I was a 3D static artist. So I was making 3D artworks and then rendering them in a two-dimensional form, technically, like a flat image, just no animation, just a still. But my artwork is typically futuristic, psychedelic, surreal, a lot that has to do with like psychedelic experiences and um, robot, alien, android-esque, like cyborg. <laughs> just I don't know. It's just fun for me. And I, I really like that aesthetic. But now, as I have progressed in my skill set, because like I said, I've only been an artist for a year and a half. So yeah, I'm I'm still surprised. I'm still processing it. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> I hear that a lot. Actually, <laughs> it's I mean it's crazy to me. I don't even know how. I don't know. I, I guess I've always been an artist my whole life and just stumbled across it. I don't know. I don't know. It's the weirdest thing. I don't. I still, it's like, I guess quitting my five-year job, the five years that I was there and quitting that just to do this is when I was like, all right, I'm an artist. Like, I really am an artist. Because like, you would a year and a half ago, if you would have said mm-hmm. to me, 
hey, you know, you're going to make some good money by selling your own artwork. And I would have laughed at you. Get out of here. And so would my my whole family. Like, my whole family, in the beginning, they were like, um, I didn't know that was your artwork. I thought you were just, like, sharing someone else's artwork because I used my Whoa. middle name instead of my full name. And I was like, no, that's that's my stuff. Like I'm making that, and yeah, yeah. It's, it's been a it's been a wild ride this last year and a half, being a sponge and learning everything I can. But yeah, now I'm moving towards full production animations. How long do you think it took for yourself, right, to realize? Oh, wait a minute, I'm not I'm not the sales guy anymore. I'm I'm, I'm an artist. How how long do you think that took? The whole year and a half. <laughs> like I don't know I just started like <laughs> learning it as like a hobby you know so like I was just doing mm-hmm. it was something to do in my office you know because we had the pandemic so we couldn't do anything anyways I I still worked every day I didn't have a job where I was laid off or you know so I was still working 40 hours a week or more because you know there's nothing to do so everyone's drinking alcohol and I just happened to work for the company that has 90% of all the brands <laughs> that everyone drinks so and I worked for like giant yeah. grocery store companies with their liquor stores. So, yeah, so I still worked every day. And then I just would come home and just study YouTube tutorials and ask other artists friends and my friend that got me into it. And I sacrificed, yeah. you know, whatever I could, whatever time to learn. And I'm proof that if you if you put your mind to something and you want it bad enough, you definitely can do it. It can be done. You just You have to do it. You have to want it bad enough. And I was so obsessed because it's, I mean, it's so much fun and it's like, it's like a, it's a form of meditation. I mean, it, it helps me with, you know, my emotions and any mental, you know, situations that happen. It's like my, my therapy. So yeah, I mean, I'm addicted to it. I love it. I I can sit here all day and do it. Um, I do do that actually. So (laughs) yeah. How, how do you think your social interactions changed because you became an artist? Like, do you think there is a drastic change in how people see you now? Mm, I'm definitely more digital now. Like, I spend most of my day making art and uh, in clubhouse rooms. So, vocally, I'm I'm still you know interacting and socializing with people, just not physically. I mean, I live in Florida, so, you know, we've been open for a while. You can go out and do stuff if you want to, but I typically do not. I spend most of my time home and, you know, working on my craft because this is, this is my life now. So, you know, I have to, I have to be here for it. Clubhouse and Twitter and that kind of stuff. I still go out, you know, and hang out with some friends here and there when I have time, but I'm fully dedicated to this. So. And I, I don't want to do anything else. This is fun for me. I think I have more friends now, though, honestly, being an artist. After you became an artist. Yeah, because we all are on the same like wavelength. We all have that same energy level. And um, the creative, like, I feel like that's a type of person, the creative. Definitely. When you surround yourself with other people who have the same, like, intention and uh, skill or interests yeah your same interests i think the fact that you know it's a very new space so like everyone is trying to figure it out so like no one is 100 percent sure about everything 
I think yeah, that makes it easy to connect with each other. Yeah, definitely. Because I mean, it changes like so rapidly. Like yeah. when I started, it was pretty normal. You know, we just you post your artwork, you're starting to get to know people. You know, you're posting your artwork, and people are you know giving you feedback, and and then people sold his first artwork in January for one point three million or something or one point six million. After wow. that after <laughs> that day. Yeah. After that happened, yeah. it was like it was like world recognized. So, you know, everybody was like, Oh my goodness, I can, you know, <laughs> make a make an image and sell it for, you know, a million dollars. You know, so everyone runs here. I mean, talk about like the great flood. That's basically yeah. what it was. And then when yeah. that one sold on the secondary market for six point six million dollars, then you got celebrity attention, you know, like yeah. Gary V, Paris Hilton, you know, all mm-hmm. these huge mm-hmm. celebrities that Mark Cuban, you know the end. Yeah, the Lakers. Even I think even the Lakers are doing it now. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, you got Nifty Gateway that's doing these humongous, you know, drops with open editions and Maker's Place, now Christie's, you know, you got the NBA top shots that, you know, yeah. big major corporations getting involved in it now. So it's definitely changed the landscape of the community mm-hmm. because you have these high tier people who are already well established and it's flooded a little bit of the market for some of the smaller artists. But I think that, I think that we'll be okay and we'll all prevail through this, especially through the, this cryptocurrency thing that's going on right now locked up everything you know, no one's buying work right now i mean some people are selling but as far as the ethereum blockchain it's kind of you know like a little dry spell right now you know shaking out people and the week will be will be leaving and the, the ones that have been here the longest and will still be here and uh but hickeknuck is wide open it's still moving there's nothing stopping hickeknuck people are selling work Every every single person selling work. I mean, I sold two pieces, three pieces yesterday on Hickitnunk. Wow! And um, I I'm using my value from the Ethereum blockchain. I'm not. I did in the beginning. I used like lower prices just to have fun, you know, with the trading thing, like trading NFTs back and forth, because yeah. it's fun and it's cool to give back. But now most of my artworks are set at prices that I would make on Ethereum, you know, two and three thousand dollars. So, yeah, but it's this this whole space is rapidly fast. We don't know. I mean, tomorrow it could all change. We don't know. We have no idea. Do you also think because an artist is just not responsible for creating the piece now, he's also the marketing guy, he's also the sales guy, he's also the PR guy. It's a single guy who is you know doing all these different things. So do you think it puts a little bit more pressure on the... Yes, there is vast opportunity. But do you think it's more work and more pressure now that he's responsible or she's responsible for the whole deal? Absolutely. So that's like a good thing to say to somebody coming into the space. Like, don't think that you're going to come in here and take your 1920 by 1080 image or animation, post it, mint it on the blockchain, make one post on Twitter and everything's going to sell. It's not going to do that. You have to put in the work. You're going to have, you have to get your name out there. Nobody knows who you are and we're not. You know, you don't just pop up on Twitter and everyone's like, oh my goodness, let me go buy this. No, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Nothing's easy. It's not a get quick or get rich quick 
none of that. It's no, you have to put in the time, the work, be involved in the community, build relationships with collectors. Even if you don't have any collectors, you know, if you see one that's collecting, you know, just watch, like watch and learn from yeah. others around you. It's, it's a lot of work for sure. Like I, I've never had my own business or had to do marketing or any, like I used to be a sales rep. I could sell you any bottle of wine I wanted to all day long. It's easy because I, that's what I've done for the last five years. But I'll tell you, it's very hard for me to sell my artwork to somebody. Like, I don't know if it's because mm. I, I created it or I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I know how much time I put into it or I, I don't know. It's, it's really difficult for me to do that. And like marketing, and like showing the same thing over and over and over, retweeting over and over and over, it, it gets a little weird to do that. But um, yeah, it's not an easy thing by any means. I mean, your artwork will sell if it's good artwork, but you have to put it in front of the right audience. So hashtags, hashtags are important in this space. You know, which ones you use, NFT, crypto art, clean NFT, hickeknunk, you know, tagging people. And definitely make sure it's your artwork. <laughs> definitely do yeah, not post yeah, anybody yeah, else's yeah. artwork. Even even if you're remixing it, you know, if you're going to remix someone's artwork, you definitely need to put like their name, like inspired by or something like that. Because if you don't do that, we will catch you. Like the artist community watches yeah. everybody. Makes sense. And we'll call you out on it. And that's the last thing you want. Could make or break you. Yeah, so, you, you will basically. And before, even before it gets started. I see it a lot. There's people doing it, though. I mean, there's been some copyright issues and stuff like that. And there's really no um, repercussions at this point other than getting called out globally. <laughs> you know, and everyone sees that you do it. So That's a good segue to, I think, the next question, right? Because I wanted to talk about the copyright issues that, I don't know, that the space might be dealing with. Because it's so new, right? I don't think everyone has really figured out how to go about it. And do you think that causes tensions or, you know, do you think it's a challenge, the, the copyright issues? It's really hard to speak on that because there isn't really any, like even an artist can, you know, you can get verified on a platform. It's happening. I mean, I've seen people that were verified that were taking people's work that are not even in the crypto art space. You know, whether they are grabbing the photos oh. from Behance or ArtStation or even Google and then just saying it's their own, they're already verified. And, you know, people buy that work. And then, you know, one of us artists might know that real artist and be like, wait a second, that's not your artwork. And then, you know, they'll go to their friend that mm. that's their artwork and be like, hey, did you mint this on the blockchain? And they're like, absolutely not. So then you now you got to get oh. in touch with the platform. You got to get in touch with that person that did it. And then you got to, you know, get in touch with the collector that collected it. And, you know, they have to figure it out, you know, on their own terms, because there's not like a police department, you know, that's like, hey, you're going to crypto jail because you posted the wrong, you know, there is nothing. <laughs> it's too new of a space. Um, yeah. And, you know, I was saying this even three months ago, it's too new of a place. I mean, we don't, there's no repercussions, but it's still too new of a place or a space that we're in so there's really no way to stop it other than you know to keep your eyes always watching you know make sure that people are doing the right thing and call them out on it when they're not you don't have to like you see something wrong like 
right then and there, put it on Twitter, you know, try and contact that artist and, you know, just see what's going on. But, you know, if they're not willing yeah. to work with you, then absolutely that's wrong. And, you know, it, we don't have time for that here. Be authentic. That's what this whole, the whole point of this whole thing is, is to show proof of authenticity and to get the, the value out of your hard work. So we talked a lot about the NFT space from an artist's perspective. I think we should also look at the NFT space from a collector's perspective. Like if I'm a collector, how should I go about it? It's basically the exact same thing. Literally, it is. You get your mm -hmm. Coinbase, you get your MetaMask or your Temple Wallet, and it's the same thing. You Instead of you know creating, you're just collecting. So you would... You'd still make yeah. a profile on the platform, but instead of, you know, minting artworks onto the blockchain, you're just going to these artworks that you find on the platform. We'll be bidding and buying. Yep. You click on the image and you hit bid or buy or, you know, that's pretty much that it's the same process for both of us, except for we take an extra step by having to mint it and, you know, put the creation up. It's easier for a collector. Really? Yeah. And then you just, you know, some, some collectors go about it. They curate their collections. You know, they, they collect artwork that fits their aesthetic pleasure, you know? So, and there's some crazy collections out there, you know, it's super rare. There's some, if you go to some of these collections, like you click on, you'll see like in the activity feed, you can see where someone bid a certain amount on something, but you can click on that person's profile and you can see their whole collection. I mean, there's some of them are absolutely amazing, and um, well, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. I like to do that just to see, you know, I like to learn how people collect artwork. Like, I just look at their collections and why, like, try and figure out why they collected certain pieces, and just kind of like how it flows in the collection. It's really cool. And then um, there's a lot of options out there now. Like, you can even get some of these digital artworks in the in real life. Like, I have, like, I bought an artist his name's databyte i bought his artwork and it came with it came with a infinite object so the artwork streams oh. in this little box I don't know if you can see it yeah constantly yeah. loops wow so it's it's pretty cool yeah so we have these options and uh how does that work it's like a it's like a little iphone in there or something it's like a little screen and it plugs in oh. you can't get inside of it you can't interchange them out and it just mm -hmm. sit there and loops until forever and ever and ever i mean i even one of my art pieces i sold a collaboration i did with digital d mm -hmm. the collector blue heel he bought the piece and i bought an infinite object for all three of us so and there's plenty of other companies so you you plug it in hey you plug it in and it's there yep, yep. You don't even have to plug it in. Like you plug it in to charge it and you can unplug it and it'll play until it dies and you just plug it back in. I just keep them plugged back, plugged in because I don't know. But they're really cool. It's a really cool option. They have much larger ones too. There's um, a company reached out to me, I don't know, a week ago. They're called the the MetaFrame. I, I kind of like theirs. It's, I mean, they're pretty big. Also, they're uh, large resolution size, but they have speakers too. It's because a lot of the animations today, um, you know, these platforms and collectors are looking for, you know, full production. So, you know, you know, uh, music involved because an animation's cool, but if there's no sound to it, it doesn't really add too much emotion element to it. 
of a sound. It's changing the game. So there are know. NFTs with music in it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have <laughs> okay. a couple. Um, you know, I collaborate with these music artists because it adds, a, you know, it adds more value to it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, that emotional feel. and um, It's pretty great. Yeah. So, I mean, the NFT space is blowing. It's, you have crypto art, you know, and then now music, you know, artists are getting involved if they're independent. Um, like Blau, he uh, he did a he dropped an album on as an NFT, and he had like a clubhouse room to drop, and like his yeah. album sold for like eleven point seven million dollars or something like that. Wow! So I mean, there's music artists getting involved. There's photographers now getting involved. Even analog painters, you know, traditional painters, um, they're scanning in their canvases and you know selling their <laughs> art digitally. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just a full around community. Everybody's here. And it's so new that some of these things don't exist yet that yeah. exist, yeah. you know, in real life. So, you know, we're now just, it's just all coming together as one. It's pretty cool. Sense. It's pretty cool. Hmm. Yeah. So you also mentioned that the collector space is a bit dry at the moment because people are not really collecting or buying. Yeah, gas so prices. How, the gas prices are pretty high, yes. They're really and bad. Yeah. So how do you see the space going forward? Are you optimistic or do you think, you know, some changes might be necessary to keep going? Well, supposedly ETH 2.0 is supposed to come out soon. Ethereum 2.0, yeah. an upgrade. And uh, that's supposed to help with the, the gas prices. The gas prices. Um, yep. To make it a little easier for artists to mint work and for collectors to collect because you know you have to every time you do something on the ethereum blockchain whether it's change a price burn something remove it off the blockchain um put it up for auction collect it accept a bid yeah you have to pay a gas fee and yeah. um you know like i said in the beginning when i started i was paying 87 cents a dollar you know whatever and then it went up to seven dollars mm -hmm. but then it went to 14 then it went up yep. to 28 and then it stayed at like 30 to $40 for a little while. And we're like, I guess this is the new normal now. Like this is, <laughs> this is what we're having to pay. Um, but you know, fast forward to February when I got onto super rare, my Genesis art piece that I posted on there, my first one, it's usually the most important art piece. Um, the I one. paid, I paid $287 to put Ouch. that art piece up yeah it was uh like i actually had to trade some bitcoin that i had saved up um mm -hmm. just to get the eth to pay that fee yeah but you know it's different on super rare because like on super super rare you typically sell artworks for you know three hundred dollars to five hundred thousand dollars there's artwork selling on there for eight hundred thousand dollars so, you know, like if you pay, say you pay $300 to mint something on there, it's not that bad because you're going to make probably, you know, 25, like I made $2,500 off that art piece. So the 287 wasn't so bad to me then because I made, you know, but mm -hmm. at the end of the day, if you think about it, if I was just paying 60 cents or something like I'm paying on Hikikmunk, I would have made that much more. Makes so sense. there's no overhead on Hikikmunk like there is in Ethereum. I mean, I've paid over almost over $7,000 in just gas fees on the Ethereum since I've started in October. So on Hikignunk, not having that gas fee is mm -hmm. pretty awesome. I mean, you have one still, 
but you know you're talking about 30 cents minimal yeah yeah it's nothing like you don't even you don't even bat an eye at it you're like i don't care click 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 okay (laughs) (laughs) you don't even care you know it doesn't matter do you think the perceived value of an art piece is a little bit different if the same art piece was for example uploaded on hiketnak or super super rare or rareable you know, I think it's it's up to the artist, really. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think so. I think that if you're selling, or like me, for example, I think that if I'm selling an art piece for $2,500 on Super Rare, that mm-hmm. I should be able to take that same quality, mm-hmm. go on Hikiknung, and sell mm-hmm. for the same value. Now, whether mm-hmm. it gets purchased or not, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that that's, that's a different story. If, yeah. I don't know if those type of collectors are on Hikiknung yet. I know that there has been some some really big sales on Hikiknug, you know, like 700 Tezos and 1,000 Tezos. There's been some big artists that have, you know, hopped over and sold their mm-hmm. artworks for a lot, but it's mm-hmm. still very narrow. We're talking about two months, I think, Hikiknug okay. something yeah. around for. So um, it's very, very new. You know, Super Rare's been around for like over a year now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, some of those platforms have been around for a while. So, but I think that you definitely should you know, bring your value over to Hikiknuk like that. When you first get there, if you want to do like, you know, 25 editions at two Tezos to give artists or collectors a chance to get your work that they couldn't normally afford on the other side, you know, I think that's nice to do. And uh, it's also a lot Mm -hmm. of fun. But I think that you should definitely tier your value up as you go and uh, get your work, get, get get what you want to get. The right collector will come. All it takes is one. So one collector comes by and sees your work and loves it. They're going to pay whatever they want to pay to, you know, get it. Typically, though, most people are selling for very low prices, but are also probably the first time they've ever minted or they're just playing the game because it is fun. Trying to get started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if an artist is getting started, it's probably a good idea to have multiple art pieces even before you mint any of it, right? Or you can just get started with one. No. I mean, you can you could just make you know one art piece and put it up, and as you wait for that one to sell, you can make another one. Um, you know, for me, like I like to make. Uh, I go in like every once in a while I do this, but I'll make an art piece a day for like a month, and uh, you know I'll pick and choose the best ones out of that month's worth, and then I'll mint them um, wherever I want, mm. just because I'm all over the damn place. <laughs> I can post stuff. I have like eight platforms <laughs> I could just drop artwork on. But yeah, <laughs> all you need is one art piece. I mean, there's no rush. Like whether you put an art piece up today yeah. or an art piece up in three months, it doesn't matter. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen in three months, but um, it's up to you. I mean, there's no rush. No one needs to freak out and oh my god, I got to get this art piece up. There's no point. I mean, just take your time. Put your best work out. You know, makes sense to me. Don't draw a stick figure and be like, hmm, I meant this. <laughs> I mean, if that's what you want to do, that's kind of hard to make. Yeah. Since the space is so new, right? Do you worry that it might just go away at any moment? Mm, no, I don't. I don't think it will. There's too many of us. Is, is that a thought? Yeah, I don't, I don't think that I don't think it, I don't think we'll let it go away. Most of us have been here for some time, some of us longer than others. You know, this is this is like this is my way of life now. Like I had to make that jump mm-hmm. and 
I'm going to do everything I can to keep it going and, you know, help others get into the space. And, you know, I pay forward everything that I've learned, um, you know, along the way. And, uh, yeah, definitely help everybody get here. And, you know, if people get dis- you know discouraged, you know, try and boost them up and tell them to keep trying. And, you know, sometimes I need it. Sometimes other artists need it. Just got to keep trying and keep putting our, you know, our best work out and our best foot forward and don't look back. Just keep moving forward. I don't think it'll go anywhere, though. And if it does, it is what it is, but I don't think it will. I mean, I do think that there might be a reset someday, like it might like a bubble might pop. But all that's going to do is shake out the ones that don't belong here in the first place. You know, and uh, the ones that have been here and make trying to make this better and, you know, innovate new platforms and new new places to put our artwork. We're going to be here for the long run. And it's just going to be a constant revolving process. It's going to constantly do this over and over and over and for many years to come. You never know. Most of us might be on TED Talks in like a year from now. And <laughs> as soon as things you know, open up, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, explaining the first days of this whole whole crazy movement <laughs> but um yeah yeah crazy. it is crazy that that is that is for sure mm-hmm. yeah i i love it i mean uh this is the first time you know uh artists get to be on the center stage and mm-hmm. they can because even if let's say the traditional industry right where we see very big artists complaining about their not so amazing contracts with the companies, right? When you hear stories mm-hmm. like that, I think this is this is the kind of moment that was required in the artist space mm-hmm. to you know even out the power imbalances that existed before. Yeah, I mean, it's like some of these platforms, you know, they only take two per, two point five percent of your sale, you know. Yeah, And I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday and I was like, so how do I get my artwork in like an art gallery in like real life, like out in the real world, you know? And they're like, oh, you go through this step and you do this. And then I was like, well, how much does the gallery take from the sale? And they're like, um, minimum of like 50%. I'm like, 50? (laughs) 50%? And they're like, yeah, some of them like are like 70%, 80%. I'm like, what? No way. Like, why would I want to do that? You know? So, um, I, I mean, I, I want to do it just to get like my artwork out there and in front of more people, but at the same time, like that's not good. (laughs) It's a a reverse dynamic basically. Yeah. So I think that galleries now have to like look at what they're doing, um, because they're, they're probably struggling right now with artists Mm. coming to this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, maybe galleries could there could be NFT galleries in, in the centralized, you know, world. Um, but they just have to cater to how we do things, you know? Um, I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking or right now, especially, but if anybody that has a gallery and watches this and they want to bounce some ideas, I'm, I'm ready to, I have some ideas for sure. Um, yeah. But 50%, I heard that and I was like, me. I don't think so. <laughs> no, just because it's hanging up on your wall doesn't mean you deserve half of the price. You didn't make it. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. That's crazy. And, and this is a very new mindset. I don't think this was the mindset before. Yeah. No, not at all. That's why, you know, this is it's a great space for artists. That, there was no other platform available, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, digital artists, really, you know, graphic artists making logos for companies and, you know, yeah. album covers and flyers and brochures and whatever. Um, yeah. And, you know, just taking whatever they could get to survive or working for a major yeah. company or, you know, 3D artists or working for studios, making commercials and models for video games and stuff. But it, it gives the artist the opportunity to, you know, be independent. Yeah. And at the end of the day, really, nobody wants to work for somebody, you know. That makes sense. Yep. Mm-hmm. Even podcasts. You can you can mint your podcasts on the on the blockchain. Yeah, you can. You know, little clips yeah. of it. I'm telling you, that. any <laughs> anything can be minted on the blockchain. Anything. I know. I heard that Coach purses and Prada and stuff like that. They're putting mm-hmm. QR codes in their purses and wallets, and you can scan mm-hmm. it and see that it, that it's authentic, that it's a real Coach bag or real Prada wallet or whatever, and uh, wow. it's minted on the blockchain for authenticity. I think that mm, um, that is your vehicles, yeah, your vehicle like yeah. titles for your registrations and stuff like that on the blockchain. You know, it's a ledger, so you can keep track. Yeah, I mean, I was even <laughs> talking last night with a another a collector, and um, we were talking about um, like if you got married, you could put your marriage certificate <laughs> on the blockchain. And then, you know, if you decided you want to get divorced, you just burn it, you know, (laughs) anything can happen. I mean, it's the space. I mean, I know um, there's somebody that like writes love letters to their wife and mints them on the blockchain. So you you talk about their grandkids can come onto the blockchain and track down those love letters and see what, you know, grandpa was writing. With with the exact timestamps. Yeah, exactly. It's, (laughs) It's crazy. It's awesome. You can you can read them and like okay that's where I come from. <laughs> yep, exactly. It's pretty cool. Hmm, so interesting. Yep, anything can be an NFT. NFT is just a general term. I think you know, like everyone that they sling that word around. Everything NFT. Everything NFT, yeah. But there's uh, there's categories to NFTs. So like I don't call my artwork NFTs. I call it crypto art. I don't mm-hmm. call it NFT art. Um, mm-hmm. I laugh at people who call it that, but yeah, just because they throw that term around, like it's no, there's categories to this, you know. There's crypto art, mm-hmm. crypto music, crypto photography, you know, um, crypto poetry. Yeah. That's coming. I've seen a couple poets. In fact, my sister is um like a writer, and she writes poetry, so she's wanting mm-hmm. to get into the space as well. It's just a lot. There's a lot happening very rapidly. It feels like I've been in this space for like two years, but it's only yeah. been eight months. Yeah. <laughs> like, damn, <laughs> it's crazy. And I've only been an artist for a year and a half, so everything's like, <gasps> like super holy fast. shit, how did I get here? <laughs> super fast. Do you, do you ask, ask, ask that to yourself often? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, damn, how did I? It's just crazy. Everything, even that I know how to do, like, just like my progression, how much I've progressed as an artist in the last year is mm-hmm. crazy to me. Like, mm-hmm. And I, like, I can see other artists that I, you know, talk to on a daily basis and I can see their artwork and 
when I look at it, I can even like famous artists like an Android Jones or like uh, Totemical and even my, like my uh, friend Glass Crane, like I can look at their artwork and see certain things in it and be like, oh, I know how he did that. Or, you know, it's cool to be able to do that because I can remember when I was first exposed to like yeah. Android Jones or like a Ben Ridgeway, I'd look at it under amazement and be like, wow, how did they do that? And now I can look at it and be like, okay, he did yeah. this, he did that, I know how he did this, you know, it's kind of cool. Yeah. And then when you have newer artists, you know, that are learning, you know, I can see where they're at in their yeah. in their journey. And, you know, I can reach out to them and be like, hey, you in should process, you know, yeah. do this with this and, you know, give them tips because people give me help all the mm -hmm. time. So, you know, so, you know, I'll send, I'll yeah. finish an art piece, I'll yeah. send it to an artist, be like, what are your thoughts? And they'll tell me, you know, and I'll be like, be crucial, you know, because that's the only way you're going to learn, yeah. you know, have them literally rip you to shreds. Mm. You know, it's, sometimes it's discouraging, but like you got to look yeah. at it from they're just trying to help you get better. You know, the last thing you want to do is put out that an art sense. piece and look stupid, you know, because there's a lot with the people thing, mm. with people coming into the space and these big, you know, established artists. There's a lot of professionals now moving into this space and. You no longer can just put out whatever you want. You have to make sure it's the best of the best because. And and they're bringing years of experience and skill sets, you know. So, yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely crazy. Um, uh, I'm really happy though that I decided to do this. And then even yeah. like the social platform, now that's happening, mm -hmm. you know. So um, like BitCloud, have you ever heard of that? BitCloud. Uh-huh. Yes, yes. Yeah, so it's like Twitter, but you you it has cryptocurrency involved. So like you like when you log in there to create a profile, you have your own cryptocurrency, like your own coin. And you use the, the wow. platform's currency called BitCloud that you can buy with Ethereum or uh, Bitcoin or whatever. And you can buy your own mm -hmm. coin and have a creator coin and other people who are on this platform, huge investors, whales or whatever, they can invest in your mm -hmm. coin. So it builds your value up on this platform as an artist. So they're yeah. investing in you and your journey. It's apps. I love it, honestly, because like you can go on that platform and, you know, create your profile. Um, and then you can look around at other artists. And if you like their work and you believe in them, you can you know invest in them yourself. Um, other investors yeah. can invest in you. You can get, um, you can socialize with people who are also on the same wavelength or on that business wavelength. So you can make these incredible projects to help, you know, communities or um, yourself or their business. Or it's, it's been a really good process for me. And then I've been kind of like intertwining the both worlds, like crypto art and BitCloud. So creators on BitCloud that don't know how to do NFTs, helping them make NFTs. And then yeah. people that are artists in the NFT space, getting them on BitCloud so they can have their own little place to interact with investors and stuff. So it's it's been pretty pretty cool. And you can like when you like a post, you can like give them diamonds, and mm -hmm. it takes like a percentage of your coin. So you're like giving them some of your value. Makes sense. Like yeah. little percentages you wouldn't even notice, but you know they add up over time. So you know someone gets a piece of your coin. Um, it's pretty cool. I like that aspect of it too. So there's a there's just so much stuff coming. There's new platforms every day. There's people in your yeah. like 
as you get us more and more established, you get people in your your DMs, you know, hey, I've got this platform and we do it this way. Would you like to come check it out? Test it out. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. So it's, it's yeah. just constantly evolving every single day. It's, it's really hard to keep track. And that's mostly why I like, I realized that I no longer could work in the, you know, sales business yeah. anymore yeah. and do my art and keep mm-hmm. up with the community and keep up with the changes every day. Like it just became too much and it was affecting my creativity as an artist. So I was like, yeah, you know, I, you know, my company knew it was coming, you know, they, yeah. they noticed that my heart was not, just wasn't in it anymore. How, and I was, how did they react to this? Um, they were, um, so the company, they noticed that I was doing, you know, the artwork and plus, you know, I'm proud of it. So I talk about it. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, they, they just wanted me to do what, you know, what I love to do. Like, it doesn't make sense to wake up every single day and dread going to a place to work, to make money, to pay your bills. It, you know, life's <laughs> entirely too short. Like, yeah. I'm 33 years old, you know, half of my life. If I continue to live a really healthy lifestyle, I might have another 46 years of healthy life where I can like get up and move and walk around, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not old, but you know, I'm halfway there. So like, I didn't, I didn't see myself. I wasn't happy to go to work anymore. Like I want to make art. I love it. It makes me happy. You know, I like spreading my message to people um, through my artwork. Mm -hmm. And um, I'd rather do that the rest of my life than wake up and work for somebody else and, you know, work, you know, doing that life's too short. I could die tomorrow and, you know, I don't want to waste my time somewhere where it doesn't, where I don't belong. Makes sense. That's, that's really powerful. I must tell you that's, that's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people do it, you know, every day they wake up, they go to this place where they're, they have no drive. They don't enjoy anything they're doing. And why? Like if you do something you love, you know, you, no matter what you make, you know, you make it work. It, it will work out. It took a lot of, like, I met a lot of artists, you know, like on clubhouse and clubhouse rooms and that, you know, they, they basically made me aware that you can do it. It can be done, you know, do what you love and it will work out. You'll figure it out and make it work for your lifestyle. And get paid for it. Um, but yeah, life's too short. Life is way too short. I wasted the first part of my, I mean, I'm happy with the things that I did because, you know, it made me who I am today, but you know, I wasted, if I could have, like, I see some of these artists, they're 16 years old. Oh my God. I wish, (laughs) I wish I could go back. I wish I could, like, can you imagine where I would be right now? Like if I would have started learning art when I was 16 and like making these 3d artworks at the age of 33, I probably work with like huge studio, you know, it'd be, my skills would be crazy, but it is what it is, man. I'm here now, so I'm going to make the best of it. Keep moving forward. Uh, I got a year and a half under my belt now, so I just try to think of myself like, damn, where am I going to be in three years? It's going to be crazy. How I see it is, a lot of people, since there was no NFT, there was no digital art online marketplace, I also feel a lot of people were kind of trying to figure it out, but they were not really sure how to go about it. And you really made the switch at like the... I would say like the at the right time. Yeah, right before it blew and, up. 
right before it blew up and you were like able to figure it out very mm-hmm. early yeah so yeah. maybe if you started when you were 16 maybe there was no platform back then yeah no um no back then there wouldn't have been um but still um well that's not true because some of these artists that are in here now um that have been doing this their whole lives yeah. you know they they found their way so and uh they're much more established than i am yeah. of course but i lean on them you know for advice and stuff like that they're they're the the real ogs as you would call it and uh they're they're in yeah. the clubhouse rooms i mean i when i first seen art like before i started learning it like this kind of art that i make you know like andrew jones that's yeah. like a legend like his artwork is in the smithsonian like he's a major deal yeah and then he hops into a clubhouse room and i'm having conversations with him that blows my mind <laughs> that you're able to do that clubhouse between yeah, clubhouse changed the whole dynamic yeah. of this whole space yeah it's crazy i yeah. mean yeah. you're you're conversating with people that are your idols and yeah. they're helping you like teaching you stuff live right it's like you're sitting in a living room with them on clubhouse but it's awesome <laughs> like um, before we just watched yeah. them do their stuff you know now we're talking to them <laughs> now we're talking to them yeah yeah <laughs> interacting on a daily basis like hey how's how was your day today you know oh yesterday was funny when we did it you know it's like you it's well, like you're hanging out with you your know? friends meanwhile yeah. yeah it's like talking on the phone <laughs> with your friends it's wild yeah it's it's a crazy it, i it hasn't been a full month yet of me being full time two more days i stopped working mm-hmm. for my company um April 22nd so two days it'll be my month anniversary of independence so kind of <laughs> cool it's pretty awesome well, you're doing what great I want, what I want. yeah you're doing great yeah. yeah yeah it's yeah it's pretty cool but anybody else can do it a lot of new innovations are coming so i think i think it's going to be really exciting the coming year and the next 5 to 10 years you know i'm i'm excited i'm pumped Yeah, yeah, definitely. Kind of have to like fasten your seat belts. <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen. It's crazy. It's a and, lot of fun. And keep your eyes wide open. I would open. say yep, don't be complacent. <laughs> complacent. And uh yeah. I think that um that anybody that watches this though if they want to learn about the space more, um Clubhouse mm-hmm. is definitely the way to go. Now that they allow Android users now and iPhone users you just hop yeah. on your phone you just sit in the audience you don't even have to get up and talk to anybody just listen in on the conversations and you can learn a lot um and then you know find you know the platforms and google i mean you can google nft and you'll be smacked in the face yeah. with a million articles on it um um you have to you know be careful what you read you know some stuff is you know a little troll like you know especially like They, uh, the, yeah. I guess the biggest the biggest yeah the biggest topic is like how the environment is affected by you know bitcoin or ethereum how it affects the environment you know the energy usage and stuff and like any chart yeah. that they ever show like this is this is my take on the environment thing any any chart mm-hmm. that they show where oh you know you meant this art piece and it it's hurting the planet like they don't ever mm-hmm. show what to compare it to So like how are you going to say that 
you know, minting artworks on the Ethereum blockchain is destroying the planet when you don't show us to compare it to like what compared to what? So like every time you yeah. go buy a burger at McDonald's, you know, how much energy is that using? Or every time you have a kid, yeah. how much energy is that using? You know, we're all, it's, yeah. we're all affecting this planet, but they're not comparing it to anything that in the real world, you know, how much energy does YouTube use to, you know, upload these videos on there? Millions of videos every day. Yeah. They don't give you anything yeah. to compare yeah. it to. So, you know, I don't listen to that. Um, I know that the Tezos, uh, I know that that doesn't at all affect the environment, but um, mm -hmm. even the Ethereum, you know, how you can't make that argument that it hurts the environment if you don't give anything to compare it to. So I, I don't even yeah. worry about it, honestly, because there are platforms that are doing, you know, things to help make it a little more efficient. But, um, you know, everything else in the world is causing issues, too. So yeah. it's going to take time to fix those things. But still, I don't think that it's affecting the planet as much as they make it out to be. They're just hating. They don't want anybody to be successful, you know. And I, I also think a lot of it is clickbait, you know, because they're making money out of it. So they of will course. want to, yeah, they will want to write stuff that people want to click on. Exactly. Yeah. And bad news yep. sells a lot. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. That's why I don't, you know, if you, if you want to know information, you need to get it from the actual source. Don't, uh, don't get it from the media yeah. or, you know, someone that doesn't even do it, you know? I do it every day. I'm in this space 24 hours a day. This is my life now. I had fun. This was fun. I'm glad you gave me the opportunity to come and uh, speak here. It, it was an honor to have you. It was really fun. I learned a lot. <laughs>